Hey, come on, you. On your feet. I need you to help me to translate this book, huh? And I'm not going to ask you a second time. I'm going to count to three. Well, what's the matter? Can't you talk with a gun in your mouth? One. Two. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you whatever you want. What do you want to know? And don't let him clean himself till after he talks. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 155. We are post-Independence Day, yet we have no Independence Day movies that we're talking about. No, I was thinking about what Independence Day movie we could watch last night, like really fast, but... Independence Day? Aside from that um, one, um, that I <laughs> don't need to waste my life on anymore. How about uh, Uncle Sam? You ever see that one? No, I never no, have. It looked pretty stupid. Oh, okay. Low budget, but... But we were busy, so we couldn't watch any movies. We had plans with yes. people. Yeah, outside in the world. <laughs> it was great. It was great. So, all right, let's get on with it. I'm Larry, your host. My co-host with me is Jessalyn. Hello. And we got a bunch of crap we want to talk about, so let's get to it. Let's stop talking about shit that doesn't matter. So, all right, first movie. Like you Independence Day? How dare you? Well, it's over now. So. <laughs> all right. So let's do a video game first. Um, this uh, one came yes. out a month ago, a couple months ago. A few ago. months ago, yeah. yeah. Um, in May, I want to say, or was it April? Anyway, um, I played it a couple of times and then you played it. It's Resident Evil 8, The Village. Yes. And I wanted to wait until both of us had played it and beaten it before we talked about it. So that has happened. Yes. And I know um, some of the people on here don't play video games. That's eh, cool, man. You, I mean, I, I like all sorts of crap. So, um, yeah, this is one of the, the newest gen video games that, that's come out. And uh, uh, along with, it's another main entry on the Resident Evil series. Not mm-hmm. really an offshoot. And uh, it follows the first person mode like it did in Resident Evil, the prior Resident Evil uh, 7. Yeah, you're the same character, Ethan. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's a direct sequel to Part 7. And a uh, bunch of crazy shit happens again. Um, and then Ethan has to go find his daughter this time, not his wife, but his daughter. Right. That's been taken away from him. And he, he ends up at this village where there's a bunch of werewolves and dead people and witches and a cast of characters that are all trying to kill you. Yeah, no zombies. Kind of. Those skeleton guys. Yeah, yeah. Kind they, of. Yeah, those. But other than that, um, yeah, not like a zombie one. Because there's been other Resident Evils where there were no zombies. It was like uh, uh, Las Plagas was the like the virus or bacteria or whatever. Like right, people right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, or Ouroboros was Resident Evil 5. Yeah, <laughs> I never played. So I started 4 and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Five, six got away from me. I haven't played those two. Yeah, you... I mean, you might like them, because you liked the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake, so I thought... I did, maybe, yeah. Um, but maybe just a little too much action it's for you. It's a lot of combat, and I don't... I would never call myself a gamer, either. You mentioned that people who listen to this podcast aren't really gamers. Mm. Neither am I, per se. There are certain games that I like. The Resident Evil series is one, for the most part. Um... But yeah, I don't. There is a lot of combat in four, five, and six, mm. and I like searching for stuff. Yeah. Resident Evil Seven and Eight has a lot of that. Yes. Well, okay. You are a gamer, no matter if you say you're not or you are. You are because you okay. play video games. You play video games on your phone. 
I do. Play video games on TV. So, okay. yes, you're a gamer. All right. Well, a lot of people out there are like, oh, I don't play video games or whatever. I'm like, dude, you play probably games on your phone. True. You play Everybody video games. Does that. Yeah. Even, yeah, even old ladies and shit. Yeah, you play video games. Like, no, it's okay. It's cool. It's not taboo <laughs> anymore, true. man. It's, it's not just I'm not saying it. I wasn't saying it because I think it's taboo. I was no, saying no. I'm not a gamer because I don't want, like, actual gamers who test out all sorts of different genres of video games think that I'm calling myself a gamer. That's all I meant. You know what I mean? Well, that that's not necessarily true, too, because I've met... Well, there are different kind of gamers, like people who play all sorts of games, and you play a good amount of games, too. You mostly stick to horror, but then there are people out there who just do, like, big budget, like, Madden every fucking year. That's true. And then there's the people who just play Call of Duty, and that's all they play. Or uh, fucking soccer or whatever. You have those people. Yeah, there's still gamers and everything. That's true. But they kind of focus more on, like, sports games and, and yeah. Okay, that's true. I like horror and action-adventure games. Yeah, because sports games, I mean, yeah, yeah they're cool and everything. I, I would play some of the older ones, <laughs> some of the older baseball <laughs> games I used to love. But now it's just like, you know, I can easily go out and play that. I can easily go see a game. I can, there's so many different things you can do with the sports stuff. But you can't do a Resident Evil. Like, I, like, I can't go out and fight werewolves. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's why I kind of I tend to go to stuff where it's not as real. Agreed. But uh, it's an escape for me too. Yeah, it's, it is. Uh, the other reason I don't want to call myself a gamer is because I play all those games on easy, and I don't care what anybody. Oh, thinks, who gives a I'm shit? I'm there to have fun. You know, I used to do that. I used to play my games on easy too. Yeah. Because why am I going to waste all my time on this hard or normal level when I was a kid? Yeah. Uh, like Super Nintendo and Nintendo, when, like fucking games were insanely hard as yes. it is. That I would always change it to easy anyway, just so I can have fun with the game and beat it. Yeah, I'm there for the ride. I'm not there for the challenge. I get enough life challenges, I don't need video games to be one of them. And if I enjoy the game enough, then I want to trust, you know, uh, or try, like, how it would be on hard mode. Like, yeah, I'm totally about it, because Resident Evil 4, I beat it on regular, and I was like, you know what, I would like more of a challenge. So I Mm -hmm. played it on super hard mode, and beat it actually on that mode too so uh it, i guess it all just depends yeah but anyway village was uh it's a good game it is it's, a good game there's some good scares in it there's um you know uh, i was kind of upset when i first started playing and i got like through the first section of the game is that the big lady the tall lady yeah you fight her first kind of like she's the first big bad villain you face mm-hmm. and i was like oh man I was looking forward to like chasing me around yeah, the whole fucking you, castle. I, that's why I didn't want to ruin anything for you because I think you were hoping she was one of the real big bads, and yeah. she's not. She's just at the bit, the beginning of the game. Yeah, she's still cool. Like she's she's the Mister X of that castle. While mm. you're looking around trying to find stuff, she's following you around, and she's got these great big blades yeah. for fingers. So I can't wait for the next uh, Comic Con because I know some women are going to be playing as as. Yeah, I looked up costumes for Lady Domascu. Lady Dimitrescu, yes. Um, They're very expensive, but it would be a super fun costume, that's for Mm -hmm. sure. So, uh, yeah, if you go to a a Comic-Con with me and I I fall in love with a big, tall lady, you've been warned. (laughs) Unless I am that lady. Well, then, yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, so yeah, play the video game. Play the game; it's really good. It's, <clears throat> yeah, it uh, is. It's, yeah. And I like the what I didn't like about four, five, and six were how and one, two, and three are like this too. But there's a lot of combat, and you're playing military guys. And the refreshing part of seven and eight is that this is just a guy. He yeah. just came to find his wife. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, true. I, I like that about it. There's something like Bioshock about it. Well, with the character that you play in Resident Evil 7 and 8, you never see his face. Right. And they do that on purpose because they want you to be in that character right. and to be that to character. That. So I like that little touch that they made for it. Um, but yeah, I absolutely check this one out. It's uh, it's about 8 to 10 hours of play. I think I beat it about 9. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, agreed. All right, we're moving into movies now. Um... Let's get through these. We watched Ginger Snaps 2 and Ginger Snaps Back, the beginning. Part 3, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. 
So, I remember after I saw the first Ginger Snaps, I went back. Well, I didn't go back, but I saw that there were a few sequels that came out. So I rented both of them. I want to say separately, but I did end up renting them. Because mm-hmm. the first one I caught on TV. And the next two I, I had to hunt. And I believe I got them at Blockbuster. But part two, I didn't like as much because at the time uh, I was... I didn't like how it didn't really have the same tone as the first one. Because the tone in the second one is way different than the first it one. It is. And I, at first, I almost felt like, you know, the Ginger Snaps story was over. Catherine Isabel's character is dead, and I mm. didn't need any more story mm. with the sister, Emily Perkins. But yeah, and then it starts, and the tone's totally different, and the lighting is all different, and the music is all different. Right, and, and the first time around that really kind of turned me off, but this time I enjoyed the movie a lot more because it made that choice. It it chose not to just be a direct copy of the first one. No, it's not at all. It, it, it's funny you say that. We'll get there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I went back into my letterboxed uh, thing. I believe it's Bonesaw6666 if you're interested in... Um, look, going on my letterbox uh, account and seeing all the movies I rated and everything. Mm-hmm. And I went back in and I changed the rating on that one because I thought it was it was better than I uh, initially put on there. Uh, then we watched the third one, Ginger well, Snaps I Back. also want to mention that oh. there's a young Tatiana Maslany in the second mm-hmm. one. And that she's immediately from. drew me in. She's from... Um, uh, Orphan Black, uh-huh. and she also does some guest spots on like Parks and Recreation and other things. She's going to be She-Hulk, right? Yep. That's what you said. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited to see her. She can't be more than like 13 or 14. Yeah, she's pretty young in this yeah. movie. That was delightful. Anyway, let's get to the third one. So the third one, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that one pretty much is just, they remade the first one, but 200 150 in, years prior to the, the first one. Right, in say. olden times. Yeah, where I guess so there was a prophecy and some shit, you know, and so the sisters are back together again and alive, and it's like 18-something or other, and they go to this this old fort uh-huh. that's there, um, that's kind of like dwindling in numbers because um, it's cold, they're waiting for food and supplies, but... They're also uh, trapped in this fort because there are werewolves out there, and that they keep attacking. Because you see, like on the fort's door, there's scratches and everything. Like these werewolves are trying to get in and kill them. Um, so when the girls get there, they see you know not everyone's the nicest there. Yeah. And so they try and escape, and one girl gets attacked, and then of course all this shit goes down. There's a Native American dude with a prophecy, and there's just all this crap in here. And after watching it, we were both just like, why? Yeah. Why would we do this? Are we just cashing in now? And I yeah. didn't even want to finish it. but I So I ended up looking on my phone a lot. And when yeah. I would look up, I wasn't missing anything because it was Ginger Snaps in olden times. Yeah, it wasn't very good. And no. I went back to my letterbox because I think I enjoyed this movie more first time around. But went back in there and, and switched my rating again. Yeah. But uh, good. All right, we got through those. All movies. right, Ginger Snaps. So we we've seen all three now. <clears throat> um, so let's get into our. I guess there was only one we watched on Shutter, but we watched Super Deep Super on Shutter. Of course, is... I love movies where people are are very deep underground or deep underwater, and they're trapped down there. Uh, claustrophobic kind of movies yeah. with involving a monster. So I, I, I tend to uh, veer towards those movies a bit more than other movies because uh, movies like Underwater, which I thought was fantastic. It's, or yeah, Leviathan. way underrated, I agree. Yes, mm-hmm. way underrated movie. Um, so, um, Super Deep, it's on Shudder. Uh, I believe it's like a Russian... Yeah, it's the I, thing in Russia. Yeah, yeah. And um, the there's this underground base or laboratory... Way, way underground, like deep as you can get without burning alive. Um, and all of a sudden, their um, shit starts to go down in this place. And researchers are hired to go down there, along with military and everything, to see what's wrong. And to get like a, a sample of what these guys have been working on down in this base. 
and there's like a head doctor down there, like Dr. Frankenstein, I want to say, from uh, Day of the Dead is down there. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much tells him, like, yeah, uh, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be going down here. Everything's fucked up down here. And he yeah. keeps warning everyone. And until eventually he traps them down there because what's happening down there can't reach the surface. Right. And that's the, that's the gist of the movie. So everyone's trying to find, like, where to go and how to get the fuck out of here, how to not um, get sick, how to not spread the illness and everything. So... Uh, interesting one. I liked it a lot, actually. It was, it was pretty claustrophobic and gross. Uh, I liked it fine. I had to just brush up on it just now. And oh, so I couldn't that quite much. remember how it ended. Because I do what I remember constantly through the whole thing was thinking, the thing, only in Russia, underground. Right. And, and not that it wasn't a good movie. It's just that, you know, when... It's fine that you make a movie that's comparable to a classic. That's mm-hmm. fine. But when you do that, there's always that risk that the viewer is going to wish they were watching that classic mm-hmm. instead. And that's ended up how being how I felt. I think it was actually <coughs> more akin to Leviathan. Because the monster in Leviathan kind of absorbs the people in that film and then they, they become the big beast monster and exactly what happens in Super Deep 2 yeah. where it absorbs everyone and their faces are there and shit and, and it's like a big monster and the monster's creepy for mm. sure yeah so yeah I enjoyed this one I like I said I enjoy these kinds of movies yeah anytime we can put someone down somewhere where they can't get the fuck out of and they have to fight their way out I like yeah so um yeah, this one's uh, now that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it a lot more. There's there's some pretty cool characters in it. There's grossness and some straight up just violence. So I say check this one out. Yeah, super deep. Twenty twenty on Shutter. Check it out. I mm. agree. Next, um, Burn twenty nineteen on uh, Stars. Yes. This yeah, this is from a couple of years ago. I'd never heard of it. Um, and I think that I've been public about my thing for Josh Hutcherson that I feel a little gross about. <laughs> but simply because I'm I'm probably like 15 years older than he is. Maybe not that much. No, yeah, you're probably about 10 years older. 10 years older maybe, than he is. Yeah. And there's just something childlike about Josh Hutcherson. Like, yeah. I, I think we said in Future Man, one of his love interests calls him... Um, you know, cute and harmless. In a harmless but, kind of way. <laughs> but not in an unattractive way. <laughs> and that is that is Josh Hutcherson right there. Cute, harmless, but not unattractive. <laughs> um, so burn! And this turned out to be way more than I was even asking for, which I thought was good. Right. Um, he's not the, he's one of the main characters, but he's not, that's not the POV that we're seeing. Right. Uh, yeah, this one's about a, a couple girls who uh, run a gas station or work at a gas station late at night. And one day a robber comes in to rob them, of course. And things kind of just don't go the way they usually go when someone plans on uh, robbing somewhere. Uh, usually the people there are compliant and everything, but yeah, the girls that we're, we're dealing with, one of them... It's kind of a weird or girl um, who's looking for love, you know, kind of thing. And then there's yeah. another girl behind the counter who's a total bitch and has a hot boyfriend and all that shit. But you know, one of those girls. In an awesome way. Sookie right. Waterhouse plays the, I think, the best character, Sheila. So these two girls happen upon uh, someone who's going to rob the place, Josh Hutcherson. Because he has debts, mm-hmm. so that's going to become important later. He just needs to pay off these guys for whatever. And then, of course, not everything goes smooth and shit goes off the rails, and uh, we'll leave it at that if you want to watch this movie. Yeah, I don't, would you, I recommend it, definitely. I don't think Josh Hutcherson pulled off what he wanted to pull off, because I still don't find him menacing. No, no. Um, and at the end, I do think he was supposed to be a little menacing. Right. And he's just, you're, so just stop it. You're not funny. <laughs> Um, good try, though. I still love you. Um, but I recommend it. You? Yeah, I do, too. It was it was pretty good. It's I, pretty funny, I yeah. think. I didn't expect that. The main girl in the movie is good, too. She's very believable. Yeah. 
And of course, the other girl too is. She's not in it as much as she should be, but she's not. But she, I decided that I was going to learn her name, and I've actually seen another movie that she's in, and I love her. Cause she's so great in this. <laughs> and the main character, let's say her name, Tilda Cobham Hervey, is her name. Hmm. I haven't seen her in anything else, but she is. She's playing this like awkward teen who sort of wants to get out of the life that she's in. She's not even a teen. She's like early 20s. Yeah, early 20s. You're right. But also a little psychotic. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Which is, it's very funny. So I'd say check it out. Next up, I'll save the one I watched on my own for last. We'll do a little Jessalyn's Corner. Oh, it's really funny. <clears throat> All right. Ugh. No, I'm skipping that one. <laughs> Fun House 2021. That was a rent. Mm-hmm. That was uh, reality stars or stars that are famous in some capacity, like B or C D level or celebrities. E, yeah. Like Instagram people yeah. and YouTube get together people. in like a Big Brother house. Yeah. And it's a web show that everybody watches. But the thing is, they really they they get voted for who's popular and whoever's least popular, or if there's a tie. Um, first, we just think they get voted out, right. um, but that is not exactly what happens. No, whoever has the lowest score has to compete in a challenge that uh, will determine their fate of life or death. Yeah, it's a life or death challenge. So if they complete this challenge and live, they get to stay in the house, but if they don't, they're dead. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, th- this is perfect because... Everyone hates these YouTube people and influencers and everything. Yeah. Because, of course, everyone, me included, thinks that they're just without morals and shit. <laughs> they're just kind of people who, who don't really get society. Which is, you know, whatever. You're young and everything, and you're making money, you're doing your thing. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I'm you. also a little bit envious that you... That they would have the, like, balls that they have to make money the way they do. Mm-hmm. Because they basically get to sit back and make money for being beautiful or right. hawking products or... Showing your boobs. For the... There's a little, um... And when I say little, I'm using that in quotations. Skarsgård in it. Oh, yeah. He was sort of just accidentally famous. So he's a little <laughs> yeah. more likable. <laughs> yeah. Um, Walter Skarsgård. Oh, jeez. Baby of the family. How many are there? Like 50? I think that, uh, yeah. What's dad's name? Martin? Matt? Stellan? Stellan! What the hell? (laughs) Yeah, sorry. It's early in the morning on a a Monday that we have off after the 4th of July. Yeah, Stellan Skarsgård. I think he has like five kids. And the ones who are actors are Alexander, is the oldest. Yeah, the it one. Pennywise, which one is that? Bill is Pennywise. So Alexander's from Big Little Lies and that vampire show that everybody loves from HBO. Right, yeah, yeah. True Blood. True Blood. Um, Bill is from It and that movie Villains that we mm-hmm. love and a couple of other things. And then we've got Walter, who's from <laughs> Lords of Chaos, so we haven't uh, seen him before. Okay, okay, that makes sense. And now. he looks like a scars guard, but like he doesn't have the the chin or the he's a little he's the softer, he's a little pudgy, yeah, baby scars guard. <laughs> he's, he's the one where like, hey, we got a movie for you. It's not a big budget one. Yeah, but you look vaguely like a Skarsgård. You don't have the chiseled features of no. your brothers. Still but... got a little baby fat on you. <laughs> you may have teats. I don't know. But hey, uh, would you like a movie? Yeah. No offense, Walter. You're you're the baby. <laughs> um. Uh, for the most part, I like this one. Me too. I. Thought it was going to be stupid fun, and it was, but mm-hmm. it, it even humanizes the characters more than I expected, mm-hmm. and I liked that. I was not a fan of the end, though. No, me neither. It You're kind right. of tied up a little too perfectly in a way, but I won't spoil it for you. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it either, because um, it was entertaining. I don't mm. know if I'd pay six bucks for it again, but mm. maybe we didn't even pay that much. It's 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 a rent. You yeah. never know. It was fun. Yeah, I say check it out. This is a much better week than the last episode we did, where it was just a bunch of crap we watched. At least a lot of this stuff was entertaining. (coughs) Exactly. For the most part. Yeah. I thought Funhouse was indeed fun. It is. It's... (laughs) It was fun. So check that one out. Yeah. 
So, now we're talking about movies that are fun, or at least look like they're supposed to be fun, so let's talk about Willy's Wonderland. 2021. It's now on Hulu, but it was a rent, right? Uh, yes. Yes, that's true. Willy's Wonderland is kind of just a, a Nicolas Cage vehicle where he doesn't talk at all, which is good. Uh, about this guy who cleans up showbiz pizza. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, or Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. Showbiz pizza where the the dolls have been have possessed by demons. Or oh, yeah, by past co-workers <coughs> who were child molesters and shit. Right. Murderers, so... Uh, I, I just want to say that this is probably the worst movie I've seen this year because it has no redeeming qualities in it at all. Not even the other actors. Not Nicolas Cage, whatever. Like I, I can't say that I like him and I can't say that I dislike him. No, he's a polarizing figure. I, I don't feel either of those things for him either. But just how, so how poorly this movie was done... I I feared for no one. I liked no one in this movie. Yeah. Um, Nicolas Cage just uh, fights these mechanical showbiz pizza fucking animals or monsters or wherever the fuck they are. What's not funny about that? Oh, uh, well, everything. Like everything. somehow, the first kill is the best, and the rest of the kills are kind of disappointing after that. Yeah, it's just Nicolas Cage fighting a stuffed animal. Yeah. That's what it is. Because, like, these creatures or anything really have no personality. There's, like, nothing to them that makes them dangerous. It just, they just come alive. It's not like they have all these weapons and shit. Not like they can pull off their claw and have an axe on there. Yeah. There's just so many different directions you can go with this fucking movie, and they did none of them. That could have been funny, yeah. yeah. And it was just, it felt really lazy. Like, it's okay, Nick Cage is in this Yeah, movie. you're gonna love it. Oh, just the sets were, oh, awful, poor, and low budget, and just, it not, uh, the, the, if you've ever been to a showbiz pizza, or a Chuck E. Cheese, or whatever the fuck these things are named anymore, you can see that there's lights everywhere, there's games, there's just stuff there to stimulate yeah. children, and nothing in this movie could stimulate anyone, like, if they were to go in there, it's just very boring and bland looking, not yeah. colorful, and Unbelievable! Like the ball pit's not even fucking believable in this movie. No, and they do utilize that, and it's not funny. Yeah, it's you're, horrible. You're right. I couldn't pinpoint why it wasn't fun. I thought, am I just shitting on it because it's a stupid Nicolas Cage movie? No. no. The problem is, you've got all of these puppets that could be funny, evil characters, and they're not. They're just no. something that he he just butchers them one yeah, by one. Yeah, he they're usually not kicks their ass. Yeah. Like, he never gets fucked up, really, by by the mechanical... Uh, not really. Not... He does put, like, duct tape on wounds and stuff like that. Yeah. That's supposed to be funny. I mean, the humans fuck him up more than than the, the mechanical right. stage show. It's just a very bad movie. It's not funny. It, I was... When I first saw, like, the preview of it or, like, the poster, I'm like, okay, this can be interesting. You know, you go into a show of his pizza and the shit starts getting real. Or or uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, which is, is obviously yeah. based on, in a way, uh, until that movie comes out. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is a video game series. Mm-hmm. And now, um, they, I believe they've been making this movie for a while now, which I think might actually be kind of cool. Because it won't have Nicolas Cage and I'm sure there might be a little more story in it. Yeah. But it's uh, but this movie is just bad. Uh, it's not fun. So disappointing because I don't know how you take demonic showbiz pizza toys and Nicolas Cage fighting them and it's boring. How yeah. did you do that? The fight scenes are fucking boring. Yeah, like I was bored. Oh, horrible movie. Yeah, disappointing. Um, and right, I, I'm sure everybody's like, "Well, I don't know what you expected." Well, I don't know. I expected entertainment. Yes, and I, <laughs> I didn't get very much of that. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so we'll group these two together. First, let's talk about... Which one do I want to talk about first? Hmm. You know, first let's talk about Censor. Because <clears throat> ah, yes. we watched two that are kind of similar, slow burn, descent into madness movies. Yes. And the first one we watched was Censor. So let's talk about that one first. That's 2021 and we rented it on Amazon. Yes. And it is... Excellent. I would watch really it again good. right now. I really, really liked it. And I always like slow burns, but it is sort of hard for me to stay engaged 
Um, but mm-hmm. this, I was yeah. riveted the whole time. Yeah, you yeah. were not. You were barely on your phone. I wasn't on my phone at all. Really? Yeah. So into it. Because like you, you're usually on your phone through like a good portion of the movies that we watch. I just can quickly check text messages. Yeah. And, yeah. Facebook's all right. Make sure everyone's there. And... All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I wasn't on my phone at all for censor. Um, uh, yeah, you, you really got. You have to kind of pay attention to this one too. Yeah. Just to get everything and to soak it all in. Because this movie is about uh, a woman in 80s Britain. Uh, Britain with the video nasties. She's like an editor cutting out all the nasty bits of the movies to where she sees all this uh, violence all the time. Yeah, her whole job is watching violence against, and the poign- women. poignantly yeah. violence against women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we later find out that uh, her parents. She meets her parents at like a restaurant and they give her a death, certi- death certificate for her sister because her sister has been missing for 15, 20 years now. Yeah, they were children. And uh, so I guess this, they spent this whole time trying to find her, but her parents finally gave up. But her sister has always held on to that chance that they might find her again. But we also see through flashbacks in her dream and in her dreams that... Her sister, it's very ambiguous what happened to her. Mm-hmm. We don't know maybe if she ran away, if she was kidnapped, or if her sister killed her. Kind of right. thing. Right, because the censor, the main character, has actually edited that part out. Out, yes. Yeah. <laughs> out, out, yes. <laughs> she doesn't remember what happened. She, Yeah, she edited all the crappy parts out of her yeah. life, so she's, <laughs> she doesn't know what happens. And she kind of um, goes through the rest of the movie kind of like that, to where everyone knows what's real and what's not except her. Yes. And then we start to not know what's real and what's what's uh, uh, fake anymore. Yes, and it's done ever so subtly, mm-hmm. so well. Yeah, uh, like we said, it's a slow burn. You're not going to get a lot of action or anything in this movie, uh, but I liked it too. It was a good movie. It's really good. Yeah, uh, I don't want to spoil any more. The ending is really good. <clears throat> it's perfect. Yes, the yeah. way it's cut and edited. Oh, it's really well done. Yeah. So I would definitely say check out Censor. I think that's probably my second favorite so far of the movies that we've talked about. It's definitely my favorite. Um, so, so that's a slow burn horror descent into madness. And then mm-hmm. the next one that we watched that was recommended because we watched Censor was Saint Maud yes. from 2021 on Paramount Plus. It's epics, but you can get it on Paramount Plus. Right, yes. So that's what I did. Um, that is another one. It's a home caregiver who's lost, who lost a patient. Right. So she turns to God to sort of accept that. And now she's caring for another patient, patient with stage four lymphoma, mm-hmm. who is an atheist. Yes. Oh man, this movie, like it takes a while to get there. I wasn't but when as it does, engaged, but when it does get there, yeah. I was completely engaged. I like this one more than Censor. Really? Yes. Oh, this didn't... I felt like Censor made me treat this a little unfairly, because I loved Censor so much and I watched it first. True. I, I, I kind of thought that too, but I like this character a lot more, and we kind of spent a bit more time with her we and do. got to know her yeah. a lot more. She's a little more sympathetic, I think. Yes. Um, she. I believe, well, it's very ambiguous in how she lost her job, but it gives us a quick glimpse because she was a nurse somewhere, and sometimes what happens, and I, I work in a hospital, and I've actually done things like this before, where um, she probably worked in like a hospice care maybe or something, to where sometimes your patient will start to die and not yeah. breathe anymore and you give chest compressions. Old people are a little more brittle. Yeah. So when you give chest compressions, you really, I mean, you really still have to push in there to get the heart moving. You might break a rib or something. So, and that happens. Yeah. Like, I've been there before in at certain points in my life in an OR room where a patient has gone south and there have been people doing that. And I remember this one woman goes, oh, I just heard his ribs break. Yeah. So I've been there while it happens. But that, so that's happened to her. Very young nurse, probably about 20, 21. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for something like that to happen where you break someone's ribs and could, I mean, it could potentially puncture a lung or anything like that complete and have more complications for the patient. Right. I'm not saying it happens all the time. It does happen, though. So I think that kind of... Uh, turned her away from nursing for a little while. I'm sure she got some shit for it, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's something that happens. So uh, she doesn't 
she isn't a nurse anymore. Now she's just a home caretaker for uh, yeah, the rich, a rich dancer. Yes, uh, like a like, former dancer. I want to say more like erotic dancer, not like a stripper, but did more risque kind of burlesque shows maybe. Yeah. And that that actually plays a lot more into this movie too because you 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 think this is just uh, by by the numbers kind of thing where everything's real and everything is grounded in an earth which it really isn't. This is like a a really is a fight against good and evil, but we don't know to what degree, which is is very interesting and following our main character around uh, just t- taking care of the rich atheist woman being fired from the job and kind of moving on from there and trying to find herself with God yeah and it, well it's and, and it seems like she tends to have seizures I mean you can interpret them as seizures or you yeah. can interpret them as God <laughs> entering her kind of thing right. very interesting I like the end of Censor, but I loved the end of this movie. The end of this movie is nuts, that's for sure. (laughs) Right, like, oh man, right when, because they they build up pretty much all this to the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, don't spoil anything. I'm not going to. I want to watch it again. I just want to watch the end again. Yeah. It's fucking, it got me. Like, it, it fucking got me. Yeah. So I I definitely recommend this movie. I, I recommend I it. it too. I just of the two of these genre types, it's mm. censor that I enjoyed more. But yes, I just I think the acting performance of Saint Maud was better. I'm not saying that censor was bad. It was good. It was really good. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying Saint Maud was fucking brilliant, and it's a really really good movie. Like I said though, it's not like your scare a minute uh, film. Very yeah. slow burn, even slower than Censor. Yes. But it is worth it at the end. It's, I agree. Yes. No spoilers. <laughs> no Check spoilers. out St. Mod. Yes. We, I did a free trial of Paramount Plus. I'm sure I'll forget about it yeah, and yeah. have Paramount Plus. That's how we watched it. All right. <clears throat> I'll do Jesslyn's Corner and then we'll do a little Larry's Corner before we get uh, to our yes. movie of the week. Yes. Fired up. So, so I watched, and you watched a little bit of it. I still need much. to see this, too. You should. I think you'd enjoy it. I was surprised you left, because it seemed like you were into it. Yeah. Um, False Positive. This it was interesting. is on Hulu. It is written by... Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I thought Ilana Glazer wrote this. Oh, I thought she did, too. Screenplay by. Yeah, she did. She wrote the screenplay. Okay. So yeah, um, she just wrote it an accident as like their main character. Yeah, it's a story. So the story credits are two other people, but but Alana Glazer from Broad City. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a couple Broad Cities. I didn't really get into it. My girlfriends were way into Broad City. Absolutely loved it. I see the appeal, but I just didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really get into it. So Alana Glazer <laughs> is the main character. Justin Thoreau plays her husband. Um, that's what drew you into this movie. Well, so duh. Like, then I saw Justin gosh. Thoreau, and he's actually behind the scenes more than he is in... He does a lot of writing and producing. Oh. He's not in a lot of movies uh, anymore. So yeah, never well, he never really him. was in all that no, shit. No, he's always been a writer-producer first, and then will appear in movies. Although he was the main character in The Leftovers, and that's when I got obsessed with him. <laughs> um, so the this is what IMDb says. As if getting pregnant weren't complicated enough, Lucy sets out to uncover the unsettling truth about her fertility doctor. So this is, it's definitely a horror movie. Oh, a Pierce Brosnan plays the, the oh, yeah, doctor. Right. Um, and his creep factor is at nine. It's, it's excellent. He's As, the gynecologist, right? Well, he's the fertility doctor. Oh, fertility, I'm so, sorry. So, yes. Um, he's doing the in vitro he, to get them pregnant. Because mm-hmm. they've been trying and trying, uh, and they can't get pregnant. So, they go to this guy who is friends with Justin Thoreau. Justin Thoreau is a, a surgeon, and this is his, like, mentor of sorts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, there's there's definitely something there where they know each other. And the whole premise of the horror movie is that Alana Glazer's character feels kind of left out of her own medical care. Um, He feels like there are these two men, including her husband, talking about her pregnancy and her life. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't even want to spoil... All right, I'll spoil this much. She gets impregnated with three babies, two twin boys and one girl. Um, They need to do... It's called a reduction. I looked this up, and it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. 
where the three babies likely won't survive to term. So the mother has to pick either the boys or the girl mm-hmm. to reduce so right. that the baby is born healthy. It's That's a horror movie all on its own. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she chooses the girl because she's always saw herself having a girl. Um, and then I won't spoil anymore. <laughs> um, it's... I really liked it. I think you would too, definitely. Okay. But it's it's definitely from the POV of a woman who just feels like she's not a part of her own medical care. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that's yeah. That's like the premise. It's really, really good. Okay. And I'm sure that everybody to a point has felt like they're not a part of their own medical care. My doctor's not listening to me. This nurse right, isn't yeah. listening to me. But it happens all the time with women, especially women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that POV is really interesting in this horror movie. I just love... The horror movies that women are writing, because they're they're so different, but mm-hmm. they're still mm-hmm. terrifying and gory. Yeah, women um, can do it too, and it's different. And yeah. that's hell, hell yeah, we need more women creators. Yeah, so I love the different new stories that we're getting from female horror mm. writers. Um, and yeah, I never got into Broad City, but I've always had a lot of respect for Alana Glazer, and yeah. this is this is scary, and she's. Comedic, that's all I've seen her do, and this is obviously serious, and she's very good. Yeah, from what I saw, it was pretty good. Yeah, so I definitely recommend it. I spoiled a little, and I'm sorry. It's all right. Um, I mean, it's the startup of the movie, and yeah, it's fine. But, great movie. Check it out. False Positive. It's on Hulu. I'm pretty sure it's a Hulu original. Yeah. Well, I finally saw Tenet. Yep, let's get to Larry's Corner. (laughs) Tenet. This won't be too long. Um, so it came out a year ago. And, of course, that was like in the the heart of the pandemic. Uh, what's his fucking face wanted to release this in theaters? And he did. He This was released in fucking theaters. Tenant. Um, of course, not too many people can see it because uh, from what he said, uh, what uh, Christopher Nolan has said is like, this is the way to enjoy this movie is on the big screen. Yeah. Or even IMAX. And I would have to agree with him in a way, in a bit, because this movie is very big and grandiose and very much like The Dark Knight to where everything's pumped to 10 or 11 even. Um, it's a movie about going back in time, literally, <laughs> like backwards in time. Yeah. And initially, you know, I read about it, but I read about this movie, not necessarily what it's about, but uh, about how people have reacted to it. And how they didn't understand what was going on. It was hard to hear. Uh, I and yes, stopped 30 minutes in because I was yes. like, I can't hear what they're saying and I don't know what's going on. Yes. Yeah. The the levels in this movie, to me, are off. I know they're they're there on a, uh, purposely, like the music levels. But it's hard to hear just plain dialogue. And it's not even in an action scene. Because you can understand, let's just say uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, or around the tank and everything, you can hear people talking to each other. Yeah. You can hear all that shit along with music and explosions and all that shit. You can hear it all. But in this movie, like the music's always pumped up, like always, like during like conversations and stuff. Hell, there it's not even like a a, a conversation where they're going into battle or something right before. It's yeah. just they're talking about something and it's just very loud. And you can't hear, and uh, especially if you don't put on subtitles, it's hard to understand what they're saying. Yeah. Plus, along the uh, also, the movie is a little hard to follow, but if you pay enough attention, you can get it. And you can especially get the movie by the end if you do pay attention, so which you, I liked a lot. Yeah, you ended up liking the whole movie a lot. You stuck yeah. with it. I did, and, you know, um, once the movie was over and I digested it a lot more... I was seeing more and more things. I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, that was awesome. So I appreciate this movie a lot more hours later, a few days later from watching it. Uh, but like I said before, it's very loud. You have to you have to put on some subtitles for this one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I say definitely check Tenet out. It was, it was good. It's free now right you don't believe it's on um it's on hbo yeah then it'll be on hbo max pretty soon i think yeah if it isn't already but yeah this one was good i I liked it um the action and the fight scenes like all right uh nolan nolan hired a good choreographer or 
Yeah. Learn how to film some ag- uh, some fight scenes a little better. But you kept talking about how good the fight scenes were, and I thought that was interesting yes. because you hate Christopher Nolan's fight scenes. Yes. Yeah, I'm not a big fan, but he had to step up his game because yeah. you have characters going backwards interacting with people going forward. So mm-hmm. I thought it was... How he did it was great. Uh, and, and it really kind of fit in there, and you really didn't... It didn't seem fake, you know? It was just... You, it seemed real, which really helped the movie. Yeah. Now, I think Inception has a really good fight scene with uh, JGL in that rotating room. But yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe he got, maybe Christopher Nolan got a very good choreographer to put that fight scene together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking more about just your, your, I'm not going to say bland, but your usual fight scene where you're walking on the floor doing karate kicks and blocking punches and everything. The Batman fight scenes, you have a Not a big fan, yeah. yeah. Which is too bad, because Batman is, like, all fighting. Yeah, yeah. That's what he does. But yeah, check out Tenet. Um, Not too long, either. It's only, like, two hours. Yeah, I'll try it again. Because I really like Robert Pattinson. And Elizabeth Debicki, I don't even think I got far enough to know she was in it. She's really good in it. Robert Pattinson's the bomb in this fucking movie. Yeah, he is a talented man. He's cool. His character's cool. Like, And by the end, you fucking love the dude, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, definitely check out Tenet. All right. All right, coming up next, our movie of the week. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 1981 Peter Hyams directed Sean Connery starring film Outland. Yeah. This was a part of my childhood that I sort of forgot about, but we watched a YouTube video that reviews it, or 10 Things You Didn't Know About, something like that, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot all about Outland. I distinctly remember the VHS where my dad taped it off TV, and he wrote it at the very bottom, he wrote Outland in pencil. (laughs) Um, And that's the tape that we would watch Right, well this is your pick Yeah, um, this is my pick Every five episodes, Jessalyn gets to pick the movie of the week Mm -hmm. And so she picked this one She'd chosen two other movies before But then landed on this one And I was like, alright, cool Uh, Yeah, because I sort of forgot I've seen this one several times Mm -hmm. You showed it to me probably about ten years ago Maybe more Yeah, so was that your first viewing? Yes, it was um, I didn't know what Outland was at all when you showed it to me. And I remember we rented it on Netflix. Um, the yeah. disc would be mm-hmm. sent to us. So that, that's how I remember watching it. Um, yeah, uh, your pick once again. <clears throat> and this is a pretty good movie from yeah. um, the early 80s. Very much kind of like at a lull for Sean Connery at this point in time, was doing, like, smaller, like, sci-fi movies. Cause yeah. Because he had, like, Zardoz and some other fucking movies. Where he looks kind of, like, he's just phoning it in. He's not mm. in great shape before mm-hmm. Outland. Because mm-hmm. in Outland, like, it's pre, obviously, it's from the 80s, so it's pre-Untouchables. Right, this is before his, like, resurgence. Uh, Pre-Last Crusade, yeah, yeah, before he was back. Because he was more, he was well, he was like a bodybuilder back in the day. Yeah. He did all the 007 shit for a while. And Lots he was like a big stunts. star. Yeah. And then had like a little lull in his career. And then kind of came back. I wouldn't say he came back to like leading man status necessarily. No. But he was a good second Person, a great supporting, supporting character, character, which I mean, I, he won the Oscar for Untouchables for best supporting because mm-hmm. he was great in the movie, and that movie's really good. Yeah, I need to watch. I haven't watched it in a while, and I remember it being kind of cheesy. But then I have to like remember who's directing this, who's directed the Untouchables, which is Brian De Palma, right? Same person who did Scarface, and now you have to just kind of be like, okay, I get what the movie's doing here. I get what, like, the music... Because the music in The Untouchables, 
it's very loud and bombastic and yeah. very kind of heroic and not kind of a theme you would you would see in a gangster movie. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting what he does with his music and in, in films and everything. Getting off topic. But though. yeah, we're, we're not <laughs> talking about the Untouchables. Yeah, we're talking about Outland, Outland. Um, which is also essentially it's High Noon, which is a movie uh, with, with John Wayne. No, no, no. no, no. Gary, Gary Cooper, Gary Cooper and Grace Kelly from 1952, where uh, the town marshal decides he's going to stand up against this gang, even though nobody in the town supports them. So he's going to yes. do this by himself at high noon. He's going to confront these gangsters. Um, and Outland is high noon in space. Yeah. So he, well, should we walk through it or should we just? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll let you go through it like how you want to go through it. It's your movie of the week. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but you know that I get nervous. Oh, don't be nervous, Purvis. So <clears throat> the movie is very much like I've seen it compared to Alien because it's, it's set in space, but it's more of these like blue collar industrial workers mm-hmm. working in space. So the whole. All of the sets are like dirty, and mm-hmm. the lighting is dark. And... It's not brand new. It's lived yeah. in. It's lived in future. It's not Star Trek where everything is bright yeah, and lights clean going off and, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, this one's dingy, dirty, kind of because it's like a mining town in, in space. space. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so <clears throat> it opens. Well, what I really liked about it, even when I was young, and I was probably like six or seven when I saw it. <laughs> I wasn't like a toddler. But uh, what I always thought was funny was that if you're in space and you get, like, atmosphere that leaks into your helmet or anything gets through your suit, you blow up. You just blow. You explode. Yeah, your eyes pop out and you just blow up. And when I was the six or seven, and still now at 41, I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> so I was entertained by that. That is not what happens to you in space <laughs> at all. You do not blow up. Um but yeah, I guess I always thought since I was a kid that in space you could blow up. Hmm. Um, what actually happens is that you freeze immediately. So the gist of this movie is that Peter Boyle is the general manager of this mining station. Yeah. And it's owned by a big corporation and he is gets the best production for this corporation. Right. But the way he does that is, is that he supplies drugs to um, the workers so they work faster and everything and get more done. Yeah. Uh, very much like Alien Nation. Not like yes. not like the movie Alien Nation, but how what the movie's Alien Nation is built the on. The drug itself. Right, yeah. because in Alien Nation <laughs> you just get the backstory of like the ship coming to Earth and you find out later through exposition that uh, this drug that's prevalent now in uh, San Francisco, where they are, or L.A. or wherever uh, alienation takes place, is like it's. It was used prior to, for the workers, the aliens on the ship, to work faster and get them stronger. But now this shit's on the street, and there's no regulation on it because it's alien shit. Mm-hmm. And that so then, these aliens or, or humanoids are taking this and becoming really strong in alienation. Right. And that pretty much is the whole, the basis for Outland. So yeah, the opening scene of Outland, the guy explodes because he unlocks his helmet because he thinks there's spiders crawling around. He's been taking these drugs to work faster and everything. And after a certain amount of time, it really starts to take over your brain Mm -hmm. and you start seeing shit that's not there and you freak out and walk out in an airlock and kill yourself. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Sean Connery, who's looking... Really good. Yeah, he looks good movie. in this movie. He's in good shape. He's not. It's not like a phoned-in performance. He's giving it his all. Right. He's a marshal, <laughs> and it seems like because there are multiple mining stations. This one takes place on Jupiter. That uh, they switch out personnel like every year annually, mm-hmm. um, just so you get new blood in there. Kind of you know just rotate people out so it doesn't people don't fucking go nuts in one place for yeah. a long time. So he's the new marshal there, and he starts seeing this shit happen. And he's like, hey, not on my watch kind of thing. But the general manager, Peter Boyle, is it rules everything with an iron fist. He has all connections. Everyone's on his payroll and everything. So it's just him, everyone else, against Sean Connery, the marshal. Right. And just like High Noon, 
his wife also thinks he's not doing the right thing and leaves and takes mm-hmm. their son. Right, yeah, because <clears throat> he's going to get into some shit and possibly get hurt. Yeah. But, yeah, he doesn't stand for that shit, and he his, his goal for the rest of the movie is to find out how this is happening, how to get rid of it, how to stop it, and where to go from there. With his doctor friend, fr- played by Francis Sternhagen... Who's in, oh my god, I think Cliff Clavin's mom is the only person <laughs> I can think of, but she does so much more than that. She does tons of stuff. She, yeah, she is in tons of shit. Yeah, but she is like his only ally. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not a, she's an old doctor, she and, can't really help him. Right, and they, and at first they really don't get along and everything, yeah. they bicker back and forth, they, you know, very, uh, what's the fucking word, can't even think of the word, whatever. Um, so, passive aggressive. Yeah. Towards each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That do end up friendly by the end. Yes. Um, And yeah, that's... And Peter Boyle, who's the manager, general manager, very skeezy, scummy guy. He is, and Peter Boyle's good at those characters. He doesn't do it very often, but when he does, it's creepy. Yes. He's he's a very gross-looking guy. Yeah. And scary, because he is a very large man. Yeah, he's a very intimidating person. Mm -hmm. So it really fits well into the part. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a clash between... The the sheriff or the marshal and yeah. the 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 mayor of the town slash uh, general manager yeah and the marshal ends up finding the drugs and the shipment and everything ends up catching the cronies who are delivering this stuff to the workers confiscates it destroys it and then that's where we we kind of find out that the corporation is okay with this right. And because they're the work is just getting done, and they're 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 exceeding their expectations and making a lot of money, so they're turning a blind eye to this. Right. And the marshal still is like, no, this isn't right. All these people are dying, and they like, you, you can't you can't do this. There's because he saw in the records there's an, an uptick of of workers dying or yeah. just going nuts or having problems or, or mental problems and either, blowing up in space yeah <laughs> and he sees like after a while there's an uptick in that so he's like okay i want to start investigating and of course he finds out all the information he needs to know which leads the the general manager to hire some outside workers slash hitmen to come kill sean connery right. at the space station to keep this all quiet and um, that's what it kind of builds up to halfway through this movie because we're given a timer to when they're supposed to arrive. Mm-hmm. And we know also because the marshal intercepts the communications from the general manager and to whomever he's talking to in the corporation or his drug dealer or whatever, um, that you know he they're going to put a word out that there's these hitmen out to kill the marshal. So the marshal's all waiting for this shit to happen. Mm-hmm. People are just staring at him because they know what's going to happen. They know people are coming to assassinate him. Just like High Noon. Mm, they're just staring yeah. at him. No one's doing shit. Like, none of his police officers have his back. Mm-hmm. Some of them betray him. Some just stay back until, you know, we see the clock starting to run out. And they're these guys, two hitmen are going to show up. The play, I mean, the ship gets there early, even. And then so the marshal tries to set up everything to where he's uh, he's ready for him, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> and he is ready for him. He ends up fucking these dudes up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Point Sean Connery. Yeah, so he fucks these dudes up and whoever else gets in his way, and then um, which leads to like the final of it, where he meets the GM in the nightclub, and pretty much is like. What's up, bro? <laughs> like, what's up right, now? Right. And um, at the end, we see that he ends up leaving and joins his family at right. the end because mm-hmm. that's what matters the most. Exactly. So happy ending. What's funny? You 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 told me through this movie too is that you originally your dad taped it off TV, so a lot of the parts were cut out. Yeah. Like you didn't remember a whole, there were whole scenes you didn't remember because there was new dancing in it. Yeah, like in I never saw any of those scenes. So those had been cut out or blurred or whatever, mm-hmm. and so this is like you watching a new movie yeah. or the director's cut, I guess. Because, for, because the there's time. a lot of important dialogue that happens at those strip clubs that I just never saw. God, I hated that so much <laughs> when I was a kid, and they would put movies on TV. 
especially that up all night shit. Like I I never watched those because they cut out yeah all the violence everything all the nudity. Like mm-hmm. why am I watching the shittiest parts of these movies? You're cutting all the good stuff out. Like come on, I'm ten years old here. Like don't do that. Yeah, I get it. And you're cutting all the good parts out, I agree. But you're also cutting out things that are important to the plot. Yes, that too. Um, that wasn't as important to me when I was not 10. Not then, so. but now, definitely. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> the conversations they have in the strip club, I was like, oh, well, that explains a lot more than I ever knew about this movie. Because <laughs> I've never seen these scenes. Um, so anyway, good movie. I would definitely say check it out. We found it on Tubi. Yes, which is free a free TV. streaming uh, platform. You're gonna watch ads, but yeah, it's vulgar. free. Yeah, and it's in HD also, so it looked good. Yeah, Tubi is really good because they have all their shit in HD. Mm-hmm. At least most of it from what I've seen, except for I think Neon Maniacs we watched on there, but there really hasn't been a good transfer yeah, of that movie. Mm-hmm. So, but everything looks. I mean, yeah, Tubi's fucking awesome. Yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith does the um, score for this, like he did for Alien. Mm-hmm. Very similar kind of score. Yeah, uh, I feel like there's a lot of symbols, mm-hmm. like in Aliens. Sim- yes. Symbols like with a C. Not with an S, yeah. I yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoyable. It's the, the soundtrack is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the effects are, are, are good. I, very believable sets in this movie. I believe they're in space. The I was never taken great. out of it. Yeah. And I think the people blowing up looks great too. Yeah, that's funny. I think it's silly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is a definite watch for me. Um, it's, I'm sad that it took me so long to watch the movie when, from when it initially came out. I am like proud that years. I introduced you to an '80s movie you'd never seen. Yeah, yeah, it or happens. Heard of. It yeah. happens every once in a while. But. Uh, Anything else to add to Outland? No, check it out. I think I've said once or twice that this is High Noon in Space, but mm-hmm. High Noon is a classic. I'm not into westerns, but High Noon is an excellent movie. Mm-hmm. I actually watched it with my dad a bunch of times, obviously, mm-hmm. but in a film class, too, as mm-hmm. a, a character study. Um, yes. And this definitely does that movie justice. Mm-hmm. It's a good High Noon in Space. It's a, it's a decent, it's a pretty good um, Peter Himes movie. He did a lot more. Yeah, he of, did 2010. Yeah, the sequel. Which I've seen. I've never seen but it. But I don't remember it at all. Um, I've seen. It's, the, it's like an oh, yeah. unofficial sequel to 2001 right, A Space yeah. Odyssey. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with 2001 yeah. A Space Odyssey, if I remember correctly. Oh, he also did Time Cop. Yeah, I've seen Time Cop. Yeah. Not, that's not all right. Uh, Sound of Thunder, which is a pretty horrible movie. I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, that one's it's based on some, I forgot which uh, author. End of Days. End of Days, which wasn't all that great. The Relic, I liked a lot. Yeah, though. The Relic I remember liking, but I, I have to see it again. I don't remember it at all. Sudden Death, I remember watching that when I was a kid. It takes place in Chicago or Pittsburgh, but I forget. I think, no. I remember the Blackhawks playing the fucking movie, oh, okay. if I remember correctly. Stay tuned. I forgot yeah. about that. That was a favorite of me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Did uh, Never saw the Presidio, another nope, Sean neither. Connery movie. Running Scared, which is one of my favorite buddy cop movies. Yeah, I'd, I had vaguely heard of it, but you had me watch it. Yeah, yeah it's I, I Gregory Hines movie. and Billy Crystal. And that's about it for what I've seen by him. Yeah. I don't remember disliking 2010, but I remember, you know, it was I was really young and I was still like, well, what does this have to do with 2001? Right? Nothing <laughs> is the answer. Nothing. Oh. It ends up with Jupiter turns into a sun and we have two suns. The end. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's it. Um, which is funny. Outland is about Jupiter too. Yeah. So motherfucker loves this Jupiter. Guy's really interested in Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that about does it for us this week. We'll be back in probably a couple more weeks. And uh, it'll be my pick for movie of the week. Don't know yet, but we will see. And I will see you, well, Jessalyn and I will see you in a few weeks. Yeah, thanks for listening. All right, bye.